Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. I am Geology hitting you guys up once again with Mike the Baptist. Yes, sir. J-Mo. So how are you guys doing today? Good, man. Excited for today's topic that... Threw a curveball all of a sudden in the you know, topic. J-Mo is a little bit uh, shaky in this topic. Nah, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> I hold my own, but... Um, <laughs> well, what gave you the inspiration for this? So today we're going to be talking about the Kabbalah. Ooh, and I had this was not the direction I wanted to go in because last episode we talked about hell and we were going to pivot to talk maybe more about like uh, Dante's Inferno and kind of get into that. And I, I literally just it just came in my head and I said, I think that would be the perfect topic to talk about. And I don't know anything about the Kabbalah, but thankfully we have a G, we have G right you know how in the Avengers like we have a Hulk well we have a G yeah, yeah. who uh who can uh, assist us in in navigating that conversation and the limited things that I know about the Kabbalah and the things I've experienced in the church where there's that there there has been for a long time that merging of ideas and different worldviews into the Christian mm -hmm. system the Kabbalah is no exception. We I've seen that firsthand um, and so forth. So that's what we'll get into. Um, we uh, uh, check us out, spread the word, get us out there. Um, uh, we are on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yes, yes, yes. Hit uh, us up with any questions or topics that you do want to go through. Uh, yeah, we proof beyond reason at gmail.com. Our Facebook, send us a, a direct yep. message if you want to hear any topics. We've had a few people do that, and some of our episodes, some of our episodes have been based on that, uh, those suggestions. So please, please hit us up so that we can uh, we can have topics to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, without further ado, the Kabbalah. Ooh, what is that? Uh, all right, uh, to, just to start off, um, I don't consider myself one of these experts in regards to uh, the occult, but just for background notices, if you guys haven't seen our old episode of what is the occult i did talk about briefly about my past um i was in the occult actually my grandfather was in it for quite some time and i was in the occult since seventh grade all the way through i would say 12th grade is when i did become born again uh christ did come into my life and using this man right here he did impart uh wisdom as well as a uh, good foundation so i did change my roots but i did stem a lot from magic side so that's magic with a k not no stage magician Ooh. illusion type magic that's real stuff um right so there. that alistair crowley we did speak about him briefly in the past well, yeah. not briefly but we had a couple episodes talking about him but i've talked and i've somewhat dabbled in the kabbalah but not so much in the aspect of what you see these famous celebrities because you have these celebrities right. with the red string and with the red string early celebrities in the past that they're like promoting the kabbalah but yet yeah. you always ask yourself what exactly is it madonna was the, like the biggest, the biggest one of the promoters. first and the biggest promoter of it yeah then it became like a fashion statement like mm -hmm. um you see like at the time i think mm -hmm. it was like around 2004 or i didn't know about like that. that what is that like that was like a red string yeah, that they a, associated and everybody mm. would like Hollywood at that time, right. you know, um, was wearing the red strings. Right, I right, guess right. it was like the new up and coming version of the secret. You know what I mean? You know how mm -hmm. like the secret had its gotcha. moment in, right, in right. history. Yeah. I guess everybody, I guess Kabbalah had this time, um, but Kabbalah is actually older than 
Then, Kabbalah then is quite old. So Kabbalah, you can see it with the spelling of a Q. So it's Q-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. And it's not Kabbalah, right? It, we say Kabbalah because we're in the United States, but yes, how would you uh, pronounce it? Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Oh. So that's basically uh, the gist of what we know of the Kabbalah through the celebrity standpoint. Um, like I said, in my background, I did read a couple of things in the regards to Kabbalah, but it was more in the alchemist. Uh, alchemy side mm. the uh is that the metaphysical no yeah that's delving right. into the one of the three parts of the kabbalah which i will actually explain Ooh, in this uh, i'm instance. excited just what you oh, just man. saying alchemy i'm i'm in i'm in so you have uh the kabbalah so what does kabbalah mean kabbalah means if you translate it through the hebrew roots it means that which is received mm -hmm. or received so you're getting or opening yourself to a higher reality to view the spirit within the matter to raise our consciousness to the point where our perception of reality is changed. That's basic gist of Kabbalah. So people don't necessarily say Kabbalah as something that you study. It's something that you typically have to live. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people can say, oh, just because you're talking about the Kabbalah doesn't mean you actually know about the Kabbalah. It's like saying... Just because I drive a car does not necessarily mean that I know every single function of the car or how to properly fix that car. Right. Now, I, I, um, when I was doing some research, I, I um, was hearing a lot of, of Hebrew men and they were describing, you know, the Old Testament. So is, is it like a separate document that um, is meant to go hand in hand with it? Um, so kind of like. Is it something to kind of like add to to pinpoint where the occult like to supplement yeah, the word where the occult comes this, out of is does it change the meaning of what is in the Torah or or add to it or or how does that work? It's supposed to add and amplify. So just like the Gnostics believed or the Greek Gnostics uh, back in the days in the ancient times, it's a select group can actually reach that height. And, and so that's where the occult, because the word Correct. occult means to hide, hidden. To hide or mystery. So that's kind of where the occult comes in, is that it's something that's not for everybody. Correct. So only a select few can actually gain that truth or reach that status. So that's why you always have a distant, uh, disciple relationship. So typically it's you have your master, mm -hmm. which is at the temple, and then you have the subordinates or the the people that are learning from mm. that master mm -hmm. and the then you have right, to ascend yeah. right, right right to get to that next level so like i did state you have three parts of the kabbalah you have the theoretical which concerns itself with the inner dimensions of reality you have the spiritual world the angels souls and a meditative state of consciousness and then the third type which is something i dealt with a lot which is the magical which consists of altering and influencing the course of nature using divine names, incantations, amulets, magic seals, and other mystical exercises. So, so number one is the, is the actual physical world, which, to my understanding, those that believe the Kabbalah say only make up about 1% of all that actually exists. Correct. The second is the spiritual realm in which they are trying to tap into, which make up the 99%, right? And then the third one is... It's the magical, the way to get to that the in, That interdimensional that type comes of thing. through, gotcha. what, chanting or... Chanting, so you'll have your basic foundations that actually stem from it. So you'll have yoga practices, you'll have right. uh, yeah. your alchemy, which is something I dealt with a lot. So a lot of people don't know this, but alchemy is... 
quite old. Like you could see it the days of the Knights of Templars, you could see it in the Middle Ages, you could see it in the days of the Egyptians. And what you now know as your basic foundations of chemistry mm-hmm. stemmed from alchemy. So for those that don't know about alchemy, because you're mentioning the alchemy, yeah. well, how would you define alchemy? Alchemy is basically changing, uh, like Alistair Crowdy described it, it's basically changing something to format your will. So you'll have the basic alchemist wants to, say, for example, change water to wine. So they'll say oh, okay. that Jesus, uh, he lo- he taught, uh, not taught necessarily, but he learned alchemy. So you'll see Jesus, when he departed to the desert, mm. so to speak, it's because he departed to some place that no man can really go. Mm. And he taught himself or he learned from the sages and the like the wise men so you'll have a lot of gnostic books especially that they'll say jesus came to like this tibetan uh monastery and learned how to do all these things that he's now Mm -hmm. that's where the magi came in that's what the magi was about yep right got it so you'll also hear things like that where we we also talked about that briefly with the magis yeah where these ancient men, the Magi's, wise men that did practice uh, what you now know as uh, common day astrology, mm. uh, they studied the stars and they saw that there was a prophecy within the stars and then they came and they saw that he was the son of man or mm. God himself in the flesh. So you have those things. And a lot of people, they, they like stemming into or they like dividing it. So nowadays you'll have, especially a lot of atheists, they'll say, oh, it's just science, but they don't want to actually pinpoint that science stems from the spiritual realm Mm. in the sense that you, like, if you were really a scientist back in the days, in the ancient times, you were giving advice to kings, you were Mm -hmm. next to pharaohs, and basically you were known as the Magi. Mm. So that's why you'll have those stories of ancient days where even early... um, I'm forgetting this man's name, and he's, like, famous. Uh, Hubbard? King Arthur's magician. Oh, oh Merlin. Merlin. Mm-hmm. So you'll have, like, Merlin. He's uh, he's studying the alchemy, mm-hmm. and he's doing all these incantations and spells and the sword that's all magically imbued and things like that. Mm-hmm. People see it nowadays because we have stemmed away from the spiritual realm into more of the physical. So even though you have the physical 1%, like Mike was talking about, that people are seeing – that has now amplified over the spiritual realm. But still, you'll have people going back and forth. And when things are not going their way, they'll do a certain type of thing. So they'll learn something using an incantation mm. or doing something that's magical in its sense to reach that next level. Mm. And there's not even know. There's a lot of people right. that um, don't view Kabbalah as something that, um, as a religion as um even mysticism or even tied to the occult you right. know there's people mm-hmm. that don't believe um i was hearing a uh, gentleman uh that um that practiced the kabbalah he was a teacher a hebrew man right and he was describing like uh he was taking it back to the torah in the beginning so it was like an introduction of mm-hmm. what the kabbalah is and he was describing adam and eve and he was saying um, he was like basically saying the Kabbalah says this, but now you really understand the meaning of the Torah. And, you know, he was describing. So, do you feel like it's the uh, Kabbalah is something that is like in a, in addition to or? Um, I, like like I was saying, uh, a lot of people like adding into things uh, or finding a hidden meaning when uh, I feel like the Bible lays itself out. Uh, Doesn't it have like room for like misinterpretation, right? Like. 
if if I when have a teacher that that uh, because it's written in such a way that you you need a person to mm-hmm. really guide you to kind of bring out a the lot scriptures. of scriptures. Or yeah, the, know, Kabbalah. the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah, right. It's written in such a way that um, it's supposed to bring out, like, the Torah and the scriptures mm-hmm. um, uh, for, like, added meaning. Right. But that's always open for misinterpretation. It so is, yes. how do I know I have a good teacher? You know, you always can go down to that. So that's why you always stem to, to see, because there's supposed to be different levels that you're supposed to attain. So they call them, uh, it, it's based on the tree of life. So a lot of people have seen it. It looks like a... I don't know how to really explain this to people. You have like, like a web, kind of like a web. Yes, you have your branches. So uh, a lot of people even do it or place it based upon the human body. So you have your feet, which is the foundation, which they call the crown. And then you go up all the way to the head. Is it like is chakra stuff or some different? It's, it's also relating to chakras. A lot of people don't know that, but it does stem from that. That's where you also see where you have a. Uh, the image or depiction of man where he's going like that and it has oh, the like five da points Vinci, of the stars. Like the Da Vinci? Correct. Okay. So you have that. Like a lot of what you see as magic or like the pentagrams, they usually stem from that aspect of the Kabbalah and they're not really aware of that. Mm. But Kabbalah came about like 6th through 13th uh, BC, well not BC, but century during ancient Babylonian. And we talked about Babylon right. back in the days and I remember specifically, we were talking about how the Tower of Babel was not essentially, to some people, it's not a, a physical place. It was a manifestation of getting mm. to the next elevation of being a human. Mm, which is to essentially, read or yeah. To right. that state. You know what I found it interesting? I was hearing a couple podcasts, um, and uh, one of the guys that's on the podcast was describing doing like um, drugs to get them in an altered state. Mm. One of the drugs, I it was like Hiwasa, Hiwaska, or it was another drug similar to it that just completely takes you into that spiritual realm. And then the guy in the podcast was, was like, yeah, like I saw as soon as I took it, I I saw an Aztec temple and it was a person. And I was like, what? You saw a, a temple? So it was like you're mentioning Tower Babel. So like as uh, uh, in the sense that it's not a physical place, it could be like they're, rep- they're trying to create something they see in that realm, right? Mm. Yep. I remember specifically, you might have heard this um, uh, documentary or podcast where um, – with uh, Bill Schnoblin. I don't know okay. if you... If Schnoblin. Any, if anyone he has, has so heard, many, I don't know which one. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone has heard of uh, Bill Schnoblin. But he had... Uh, if you guys want to actually look it up, it's Interview with an Ex-Vampire. And it's it's 9 to 13 hours long. And I've actually sat down and I've listened to all 9 to 16 hours. I mean, 13 hours. But I've also experienced that, which is where you reach a certain state or you exercise a certain practice. So for me... Um, well, I'll break it down for him first. He would get into these rituals and he would take these drugs and he would, his body would, uh, he would escape his body mm-hmm. and astral project. And his soul, he would say, would go to a temple in like Venus or Jupiter. And within it, they had uh, the angels that fell and he would communicate with them and he would see Satan marking them, but Satan's face will consistently change to six different faces that you mm-hmm. couldn't really recognize who Satan was. But I've always seen that in any magical practices, especially for me, it was lucid dreaming. Mm. So when I lucid dream, that's another like step down from astral projection, but it's supposed to take you to or ascend you to another plane. So you have this dream plane. But for me, like I was explaining in my episode of... Uh, 
of my history, I used to call that place Hidziganian, which is basically the dream place or the place that right. is hidden. Michael Jackson, uh, he, he said something about like when uh, when an interviewer asked Michael Jackson, how do you get your songs? He says, oh, I get it. He goes from in dreams, yeah. It's in the yeah. dreams and it call, it's... um. Oh man, it's like uh, this tree that gives him. Yeah, it's like a special place or something. Yeah, like he that. would. So that's what um, for Michael Jackson. Uh, apparently, the cause of death was that he was taking sleep supplements. So he had a doctor giving him sleep aid, um, very powerful sleep aid, which needed the the oversight of a doctor in order to get to a dream state. And in the dream state is where he would find his inspiration and get his songs. And, you know, apparently um, uh, there's uh, some, you know, uh, things where he's having conversations with Liberace and, you know, getting into mm -hmm. like this, you know, and, and it's all stems back to like Alistair Crowley teachings. And, mm -hmm. you know, through through some, um, I guess you can call it coincidence, but it's no coincidence when you see the the, the full uh, view of like you know different parts of evidence and even on his album cover where he has Aleister Crowley on one of his album covers um, which is pretty pretty frightening to see you know knowing that growing up listening to his music and then seeing this that guy who is like the the face of the occult on the album cover of my you know Michael Jackson's music and to know that his practice was to get sleep in order to get inspiration and tap into that metaphysical metaphysical world um so one of the speculations is that uh he he passed away because he needed deeper and heavier sleep aids in order to get into that place because he was um you know he was getting older and he needed you know he was losing fame or whatever the case was um so there's a lot of speculations around that but the thing that you can't speculate on is that what John said, you know, him tapping into the metaphysical world through the dream state, him needing sleep aids to get into that state mm -hmm. and the things that he would discover or interact with. And, um, and you this know, is and, something and that he physically said that he got. Sure. Um, yeah. He got his inspiration through yes. the giving tree Correct. or something like that Correct. in the spiritual right. plane. right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So and one of the things I've always noticed regarding that tree aspect is uh, in that world that I used to visit, it always looked or resembled like branches mm. that's just how it is it's always leveled in that side uh that sort of way that's why when we even read things that are tied or given hidden meaning so you did bring up dante's inferno but dante's inferno you still have those multiple layers because mm. it's supposed mm. to be a hierarchy so you're supposed to ascend through each branch to get to the next level and similar to what kabbalah is right correct so a person that's get let's say is an entry level like he just goes into it um through just knowledge or gnosis or how would that work for that individual so it begins with you uh wanting your life first you want to find the hidden meaning uh hidden meaning so you start noticing that there is something else so you develop what is called the notion of knowing that there is something beyond so mm -hmm. you become sort of agnostic mm -hmm. or you already accept that there is a god mm -hmm. so that's why you have the first fear but uh before i go through each sphere um I want to break it down. So the 10 spheres represents the 10 archetypal numbers of uh, what they call the Sifroth. All right. No idea what that is, but let's make it Sidroth? happen. The Sifroth. <laughs> the Sifroth. Uh, that's just the name that they give it. And it's basically what they call the path to God or the path mm. of God. Mm -hmm. So it's a pathway? It's supposed to be a pathway to you reaching that, like the next level to know 
uh, mm-hmm. everything that is beyond. Mm-hmm. But it's also what a lot of people don't understand is you're supposed to reach this next elevation or this ascended form of being a human that you yourself will equate yourself to God when you do reach that level. Mm. Interesting. Which it always like when some people are first studying. So when you did talk about the Torah, a lot of people like saying it's something to better understand the Torah or something to better understand scripture. Yeah. That's why I study the Kabbalah. Some mm-hmm. something someone would say that yeah, is just right. normally beginning. Well and it, they the people that are usually beginning are the ones that say, Oh, it's not part of mysticism. There's no Exactly. But then as you get similar to like Freemasonry or something, like on the beginning levels, you're doing rituals, you you're getting into like it's nice things in but you don't understand. Right. It's like a club with your friends and things like that and you don't understand the deeper meaning but as you get upper and the higher degrees kind of like you were even mentioning the, with the tree hierarchy yeah everything in the occult seems to be consistently yeah. having that right well yeah. madonna um i was watching listening to an interview with her and and she was very clear on the mysticism part you know the tapping into the metaphysical and all that um and and the idea is to use it as your base so this is your base it doesn't matter what religion you're you're part of uh kabbalah is not an organized religion Mm -hmm. it's a way of living like g said it's a way of thinking it's um it's a way to 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 ascend and get that knowledge almost like enlightenment in a sense right Mm -hmm. but they would take it specifically for um to interpret the Torah and now, you know, scriptures, right? And, uh, the Bible. So um, it's, it is said that Jesus, so according to those who practice the Kabbalah, that Jesus practiced Kabbalah, that he was a mm-hmm. practitioner yeah. because he taught things like, um, you know, love others the way you love, uh, as you would love yourself um, or treat others as you would want to be treated or whatever. Um, that he taught things like, you know, love your enemy and, and those kinds of things. Um, performed uh, or he performed the yeah so then they would say that he was um because he was also a rabbi right so they would say well he's a rabbi first qualification Mm -hmm. to be at that level of Mm -hmm. teacher right and then on top of that he's performing the miracles he's doing the things that and he's saying the things of interpretation of scripture he's he's giving you deeper insight that you never had before and the reason for that is because he is um, he's he's ascended a certain level of knowledge through the Kabbalah mm. that he's able to teach that. And and so, you know, someone who's listening to us now that is not learned and doesn't understand history or, you know, hasn't gone through all that. If you listen to somebody who's going to speak very eloquently in those ways and give you a very convincing argument, you're going to be like. Well, wow, that's interesting. You know, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very easy to slide into, um, you know, to be deceived in that way. And you don't necessarily have to because a lot of people say just because it is stemming from Jewish mysticism, um, they'll say things like, oh, uh, I don't want to really get into religion because you're already throwing out the word Jewish right. mysticism. And yet they're like, oh, I'm an atheist, so I don't want to stem from that. But then you will have someone like Mike was saying, eloquent talking and they'll say something like no it's the study of life or the origin of life and yeah they'll like try to move away from the god aspect so you're removing yourself or your ego but then you're slowly imbuing that i want to be a next level or i want to transcend or be something right else. there's always a base like um 
like if Madonna's talking about how she can benefit from the Kabbalah, her mm-hmm. not, I don't believe she's a Jewish person, right? She she grew up uh, Catholic, Catholic, and but then by lineage, she, she's not. She she's not a. I think she's American. She's right? not Jewish a, by um, yeah by descent. Yeah. She is. So she's her not. being this, you know, her being mm-hmm. of that type of descent, you know, American descent, or, or mm-hmm. um, and still having like the Kabbalah as like a base. Well, that's how she got attracted to it was that a friend approached her and said, Hey, this is, um, you know, this is going to change your life. And the person who's speaking is super smart. You got to come see him. And she's like, I'm not about that organized religion stuff. And she's like, he's not organized Mm -hmm. religion. Come. And then you see this guy who's well educated. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a, he's a rabbi, right? He's breaking down Mm -hmm. the scriptures, right? So he's hitting you off with scripture. He knows doctrine, intellectually knows doctrine and then boom. And then he just throws, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about the poison, right? So we said Mm -hmm. real poison or, or, or if you're going to poison something like rat poison, it's not poison with a little food it's all food which is a little bit of, of the poison enough mm-hmm. to kill you and that's kind of the approach is like you know the person teaching is so smart so eloquent that you're gonna listen to him he's the guru right he's yep. the he's the guy with the you know with the with the with the enlightened dot on his head that says you know this man has his third eye opened and that's who i need to listen to because he's so smart he's going to change my life and the things that he says it just rocks you and and if you're not sound in your in your in your you know understanding where, wherever kind of you are in life, mm-hmm. then you're gonna easily get swayed to that place because this person is just you know oh my god he told me everything that I didn't know, and that's in part why they would say that you know Jesus practiced the Kabbalah because he was that kind of influencer. He would walk mm-hmm. around and just boom hit you off with something. He's like I met a man who told me things that. And then that was like, you know, from you the know. outside, that makes sense. Right. right? Because exactly. um, if a person that never or barely reads the Bible, their understanding of Jesus and they, he, they see a story, they can easily say, oh, this person's practicing magic, all mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Even in the Bible, they describe, dude, you're like you're casting out demons by demons. Correct. So until you actually read, because right. in the Bible, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Right. The moment that you start hearing the personality of Jesus, you're realizing that every single miracle, even the wine, was never to glorify himself. Mm. And a matter of fact, that he would put no value in this temporal but always in in glorifying God the Father, yeah. so that's mind blowing. What's when your you're point? Actually, well, yeah, th- that's mind blowing, right. and it it would make no sense logically when you really break it down. So yeah. you, it nullifies the fact that he would be a practitioner mm-hmm. of Kabbalah. Well, to your point, then he went into uh, you know, and then he in in Jesus speaking about it, he went to on a tangent and was like, you know, a kingdom divided amongst itself will not succeed. So if I'm casting out demons with demons that doesn't even make sense like why would i why would that even happen you know we would be killing ourselves if i did that right so mm-hmm. um and then there's numerous examples of that same you know of that same thing um where scripture itself would not support jesus being who he is to be a practitioner of this system, which again, as we stem back and we look at it, we're talking magic, we're talking Satanism, we're talking, it's all going to be rooted in the same kind of evil, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, now to continue on, uh, you have 32 paths of the tree of Not life. 33 or 32? 32. Okay, 32. The right. first 10 are what you call the Sifroth, 
which is what the tree, uh, the tree of life is. The remaining 22 corresponds to lines or channels of energy that join the Sephiroth together. Each corresponds to one of the other 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to break down now the 10 spheres is what they call them or the the beginning of the paths. Now, real quick, um, you mentioned the, the, the in the beginning three separate. So first was your temporal body, right? Temporal Correct. plane. Then it was the spiritual, the physical, metaphysical, and, and then the magical. magical, magical, physical, so metaphysical. Is, so the first fi- ten uh, are. Magic. It, I'm just trying to. Piece they it all together. correspond together to that. So you, you have the okay. three parts, but the three parts are what combine it as a whole of essentially what is the Kabbalah. Okay. The tree of life is the steps to achieve. But do, the the, the tree that. of life transcends three all three steps. The tree of life is to get where uh, it coordinates with the three steps. Okay. So you have to be able to so in the beginning you might just see it as all the physical mm-hmm. so you ignore the the metaphysical but yet you start noticing that as you continue on studying as you continue on in the tree of life that as you're living i shouldn't say study because they don't say that you're studying they say that you're living mm-hmm. so as you're living within and you're seeing the tree of life uh, bringing fruits so to speak um, so you step in, you see what the crown is, and then you start seeing that you have to do certain things. So you'll have to, uh, say for the example, you have to get up early and chant this one thing or say to yourself, look at this picture in the the mirror every morning and recite to yourself that I'm going to do great this mm-hmm. t- like today, incantation or something. No, no, you have to because I, ha- I have a problem yes. with have to. Yes. So that yes. that's kind of weird to me when you no, say yes. I have to. That's like saying I have to hop on one leg. Well, and that was like a dog. yes, no, and, and that's the thing. So um, that was one of the conflicts of Alistair Crowley's system was that it was like do what I will, like is yeah. the whole the law. So you do whatever you want, but as you dig deep into the system, you have to do these things. You have yes. to believe these things, and it's like wait. I thought it's do whatever you want. It's never do whatever you want. It's never, it's always going to be, you know, it, there's always going to be. Anyone who, um, even from a, from a pure, like, worldview standpoint, someone who, um, who claims to be neutral or someone who claims to be a, a naturalist or, or whatever, um, and, and they want to they claim this neutral position, they're always going to say, you have to agree with, there's mm-hmm. no relativism. Is There is no such thing. They can say, you believe what you believe, I believe what I'm, and everyone's okay until you stop believing what they believe. Until you get to a place where there's conflict and you no longer are in agreement. Now, a system, let's say that they're trying to promote, to say we promote a system that is totally inclusive, suddenly becomes exclusive once you have conflict with the inclusion. Mm-hmm. You see that? So if I don't agree with you. It's only inclusive when everyone agrees. Correct. Yep. It's only inclusive when you agree with us. Which is a big problem for Christianity because we will we can't. We're ex- it, it is exclusive by nature, but everyone's well, worldview. We, we cannot. It, let's say the ent- entire world can be inclusive. And then with certain things, if we if you're a Bible-believing person, it's Sure, sure, it's sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. like— right. It's built into it until right. Christian people are gone. Well, no, I mean, regardless, it, 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 even if in those nuances, to your point, yes. Mm-hmm. But even in the nuances of, of if you want to make it to where there's two armies, you have the army of those that believe in the true and living God, the yep. one and only true and living God, and then the army that believes in 
everything else. Mm-hmm. So John MacArthur would say you have you have the word of God and the word of Satan. Everything else that is not the word of God is the word of Satan. And so if you lump everything in there, there's still those nuances and those disagreements, just like in a gang. You know, you could be rocking red flag, blue flag, yellow flag, whatever flag you want, and you think you're united until someone else wants that spot. Mm-hmm. So someone else comes up with a different idea. Then within that culture, you have that uh, divide, right? It becomes like a clique or something. Correct, right? And I mean, in, 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 in some cases, you see that in, in, in the Christian system, right? Mm-hmm. Scripture doesn't contradict itself, but within the Christian system, as people start to maybe push their own ideas or their own agendas or whatever, then you start to have these little nuances within the system. Some things are core belief things that you cannot negate because then it, n- it no longer becomes Christianity is no longer Christianity. And then other things are things that we can, you know, we can agree to disagree on. And so that's kind of the consensus when it comes to that. But, um, but any worldview that claims a full blown inclusion, once you disagree with the inclusiveness you are automatically excluded. And so this is no exception. So that's why I find that interesting that in the Alistair Crowley system, that claim to be totally ex- uh, 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 inclusive, uh, a totally free, you know, do what you want, sexual revolution, drug revolution, be, you know, exercise your sin, all that stuff. Yet if you didn't believe these core doctrinal things, which are doctrinal things, then you are not, uh, you're not going to grow in our system. You're not a real practitioner. Mm-hmm. You're not a real one of us. That's the same in Hinduism. So it, it's, it's like the, the illusions, same. the illusion of it's freedom. The exact same. But, it's yep. the exact same. Hinduism will promote the same thing. Hinduism, oh, we believe in all gods, we accept. But the moment you 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 put a pause on that, then you're no longer right. So well, you're not really you're not really because you're not really born into it. Okay, so there's always going to be a limit. There's mm-hmm. always going to be that thing that says. I'm not one of you. I'm not this. And that's every worldview. Mm -hmm. So when we break it down and we break down all the systems and we put it on the table, every worldview has that thing of exclusivity. Um, So I I feel like someone has to hear that. Whoever's listening has to hear that because right now in this world, Mm -hmm. there's this world of just full relativism of, you know, gender identity and and, and philosophical ideas and all this stuff. And there's just things being thrown around. But there is an exclusivity at some point within every yeah, system, every system of thought. Yeah, we live in a time now that, it's, that exclusivity is met with violence. Back in the day, you would just be like, okay, I choose to ignore you or I choose – that's your life. Let me continue. No, I disagree with that. They, w- they would kill you. To a certain point. They would kill you. Even Christians, you know, those that, that weren't – that weren't rooted in biblical Christianity, that they were rooted in an individual leading them in, in, in Christian thought, but not necessarily biblical Christianity, what Jesus taught as example and, 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 and sound theological. They would kill people that disagree with them. They would go out and kill and put them on a stake, and that's where, that's where a lot of the atheists would have you know, bad taste in their mouth about us. They talk about the Crusades, where they say, oh, Christians killed people who, you know, to convert, and if they didn't convert, they killed themselves. Well, that is true. That's historical, but they don't represent true Christianity because they were obviously motivated by man's agenda to do something else. They weren't motivated uh, by what Scripture actually taught. They just made assumptions and went that route. So I would I would firmly disagree with with uh, it was met with violence then. 
is met violence today is going to be met with more violence in the future. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I mean, I was I was coming from the viewpoint not as as a Christian dying on the stake. I was coming from the viewpoint that, um, like uh, back in the day, like it seems if I backtrack ten or fifteen years ago, um, it was easier for me to look at a person and say, you know what, I disagree in the mm. what you live in or or uh, just you as a, or whatever you believe in, and that's okay. Th- that's yeah, okay. I got what you're saying. Now we live in a society. I feel that it's gravitating towards now longer. No longer is that yeah. okay. No, but I would now agree with it's that. met with violence. I would agree with that. Yeah, so. there was a there was a there was a time. I would agree with that. One hundred percent. I agree with you too. Yeah, 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 I agree yeah. with you in the sense that uh, persecution is always going to be there. Right, right. Violence is always in history. Right. I'm not negating the past. Yeah, no, I would agree I'm with just you. Saying in my life, I saw, I've seen that, I've, I've experienced that where you have that gap where it was and like, I'm only, oh, cool, I'm only, Christian. Uh, yeah. It's only a gap from what I can exactly, see. Right, you know, exactly, right. Because I'm sure yeah. that it goes in cycles. So yeah. there's times where Christians were being beheaded and, and thrown to in, in Roman times and then it got a little bit better. So right. from the viewpoint, but from what I'm exactly. seeing, it's yeah. becoming a little more. Yeah, no, the trend is going towards no now i i that wearing a maga hat not i don't you know saying i'm that's good or bad but right. i'm saying now why back in the day if i wore that hat um or be any, like, oh he's wearing that hat whatever it's only rep, the, the hat is a, a, just to represent something now i wear the hat okay what is wrong with that guy let me continue living my life right now it's i'm gonna throw a coffee on you right so it was gravitating towards, and that's every idea, right? That's not just religious but, but that, idea. Like that's you were talking everything. about uh, exclusivity. That's yes. the reason I brought yeah, that up. Yeah, political because, and everything, right? Yeah. Yes, because um, it seems like as the world becomes more united, mm. it becomes more clicky wow. in the sense that now, like whoever doesn't believe, now it's met with violence. That's crazy, and that blew up. I can see that through social media. So I was reading that yeah. article. Um, uh, about that uh, girl that passed away. Uh, well, she killed herself in the gym of... um. Oh, yeah, the high school girl, right? Yeah, yeah. the high school. You heard about that, right? Um, I was reading the article, and it was saying how... I, I, I re- the the person that wrote the article was just saying, I remember when I was going back, t- uh, back in school, well, like 20 years ago, when I could just go to school, and once I graduated, all that left... Like, I left all that behind. Or when uh, the, the bell rang... I just had to go home and not worry That's about funny. anything until the next day. But as soon as I step home, I open up my phone. The war begins. And people yeah. are just bullying you. Oh, look, you wore this today. Or you said this in class today. And yet you don't have that escape. So even though we're more united because social media, everyone can see what exactly one person is doing or the other person is doing. Now you're just attacked. Wow, that's crazy you say that because for the longest I would tell people, I'm like, you know, once you gra- once the bell rings, like you graduate high school and that last bell rings and you walk off, yo, all that stuff in high school, literally that day when you go home, it's gone. It's over. Like there's no, like needing to impress someone or dress a certain way or talk a certain, it, it means zero <laughs> because life has, you know, life is just, you're in a different place in your life. Um, so for someone to say that where essentially social media is going to carry you that reputation or that life with you. Um, well, you said like that rocked me with um, the more the more globalized and like united we are as a communication outlet and as like uh, information and all this stuff. 
the more divided we actually are because mm-hmm. because of that you know what i mean like uh, you're looking people are looking to find things that are going to make satisfy and so this group are is a group of people that wear blue hats and tims and they eat cookies every day that's my click everybody else i don't need to you know what i'm saying like it's just no just dynamic. multiply that by six billion and then now that one billion that doesn't where tim's eat the cookie. right 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 yeah. it's just strange how it's yeah social mm-hmm. dynamic yeah let's go back yeah to go the, back uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's not going back it's, it's still yeah, part it's of what we are talking about so uh, like i was mentioning the sifroth split between uh 10 so you have the crown which is the creator himself god so like i was explaining you have that knowledge that god is presence or there's a higher being you then have strength so you know that your physical body you can enhance it you can uh not only find strength in the physical but as well as in the spiritual or get like thoughts like things that encourage you Mm. you get wisdom so that's when you're essential like you're studying all these steps and doing more research into it uh getting your life better you have understanding so you start understanding this wisdom you start applying it then you have mercy. Then you start seeing the what is beyond you. So mm. you start seeing it as uh, as a way of teaching people. So you'll help others, uh, which is also in this. So you'll have next after that is beauty. So you start seeing the good in everything or essentially that no matter what something is, something has its own beauty. Mm. Then you'll have victory. So you'll start seeing that because of the things you learn because of the things you're doing um you start doing these successful advancements or these little accomplishments that will keep going you have splendor which is basically the riches that you're gaining from it the the wisdom the life that you're now living following these principles you have what it's called the yasad which is the manifesting so now not only are you learning and growing but you're also uh partaking or uh imparting to mm. people mm-hmm. so you're letting things grow uh, so to speak so you could be doing something and you're creating this brand new reality so to speak in your own self mm. or emotions and things like that and then the last one would be kingdom which is ultimately healing so now you've become to that last stage where you're actually touching people's lives and you're you've reached that stage where you're actually a master so to speak so Whatever you do is, in a sense, healing others. Mm. Or you're basically just taking in and just saying, hey, Mike, um, you should be doing this. Uh, I've learned this, uh, doing this way. And then you continuously do that now yourself. And now I've seen myself as teaching you. So Mm. I'll take in that master level. Mm. And you basically have that whole structure. So that's your tree of life. It's like the rags to riches. Like, you know, uh, you started here, you grew, you did all these things that you're mentioning. And then you get to a place where, like, let's just say you started with a company. You started in the company as a, you know, frontline em- employee. And the next thing, you know, you become the executive. And as the executive, you have a bunch of wisdom and things that you've learned. You've got more money. And now people look to you. And then now you're, like, talking to them and teaching mm-hmm. them. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. It's like you know a system like, of thought that changes the way you think and gets your results because you're changing. It seems to me like yeah. it's one of those things, not self-help, but it Almost. seems. I think you read was similar. <coughs> like, Sound like self-help Maybe one or two, but <laughs> there was a lot of, all of it was, I was like, man, that's positive. It sounds like I would want to sign yeah, up. Yeah, sure. So 
like after these 10 steps, after a person achieves that, that's years we're talking about, right? Years. So no one really, uh, this is how they trick you. They say that you don't really master the Kabbalah since you it's a lifetime. Sure. So that's which makes sense, right? Yeah, when anything martial arts, anything takes a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. which is the the incentive is that you can reach that stage. So it makes you question as well. Then the people who are teaching me, how are they qualified then to properly teach me if they're still learning themselves? Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. But I mean, like he, like John said, even in martial arts, like if you have someone who's a black belt, they they can teach a a blue belt, they can teach a yellow belt because they've achieved a certain level. Mm -hmm. But then the the you know the 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 red belt you know the ninth degree black belt whatever like he's gonna be able to teach everyone here but he can also learn from the other arts and so you know what i'm saying there's yeah, always that third evolution. degree is gonna just skip all all the moves and just go straight yeah like, yeah yeah you know, hit you with like variations. Uh, yeah exactly right which is what uh the next point I, uh, i'll bring is that they'll always say that everyone is at their own place so if you do study the kabbalah or not study but follow the kabbalah everyone's at a different place mm. so in life or in the kabbalah in the kabbalah gotcha gotcha, gotcha. so no matter what branch you are they all interconnect within the 32 uh pathways mm. so that's why you'll have um you can like quote unquote skip mm. uh so that's why they said there's 32 paths so you can start having the strength but then just don't gain, skip gaining the, the, the empathy or <laughs> different things gaining the understanding or then you can just go from the understanding to the wisdom from mm. the wisdom you can go to the crown to oh it doesn't have to go in order yeah i got you yeah. you'll always see it well because life gives you different things and Correct. i can see that sure i can see that's that. why they'll always say there's the 32 paths so no matter what, like there's different ways. But this is the go. core. The ten is the core, the and then the, the past are got it. Oh, okay, I understand that. All right, and now the Sifroth or the skeleton of the true life stemmed from a document called the Sifwar Yitzura, and it describes how God created the universe. And this is when you were talking about using numbers, language, and speech. Yes, give it to me. So then the quotes that everything stems from. So how the tree of life came about was this was like early. Uh, 16th century, I mean, 6th century, which states, with 32 mystical paths of wisdom engraved Yah, Yahweh of hosts, God of Israel, the living God, God Almighty, high, and his name is holy. He created this universe with the with three books, which is the three texts mm-hmm. that dimension for the three parts, uh, with texts, with number and communication. They are 10 sephiroths of nothingness and 22 foundations. 10 sephiroths of what? Nothingness? Of nothingness. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is. Which is basically, we see it as nothingness, but it's the metaphysical mm. that they're, they're talking about. So the ten that I did break down are only for physical. For na- and that, uh, go ahead, go ahead. So when you're saying of nothingness in uh, the occult realm, you're resembling the metaphysical. So yes. you'll see it as a spir- as the spiritual, not essentially the physical. Mm. So even though I can be saying strength. I'm not necessarily meaning I can lift gotcha, this table. I'm gotcha. saying that I can, no matter what comes to me, I can handle it. Got it. Got it. Like and dub- even like a double meaning. Yeah. Correct. Or even like if you said splendor, it might be the Correct. the spiritual splendor, not necessarily physical splendor. So right? even though I might be poor in rags, I'm still rich in happiness. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Now the num- the numerology does that play a role in the Kabbalah, like uh, interpreting things based on numbers and so forth? Because I know. Um, like things like the number 13 in Kabbalah, 13 means the reason why, like, it means like, uh, like a christening or something like Mm -hmm. that. So like when 
this the the boy becomes 13 years old then he has his bar mitzvah because of the number 13 they do it at age 13 so that's why they do it then because it's like the christening of the spirit or whatever it gets in, in, embedded in you mm -hmm. so how much of the numerology is played because that's going to lead me to my next thing like i am uh, like i did say when that document it basically states that uh god basically gave meaning and the origins of the universe so he created it using numerology speech and communication got it so then you have your numerology where you'll see it a lot especially youtube videos i remember early 2009 like numerology uh aliens things like that uh i used to watch heavy a lot heavy of videos. <laughs> like, i've read so many like before in the occults i read about numerology and i understood uh the practice of it but it wasn't until i got out that i understood the full scope of numerology because i do remember when i was um in Dominican Republic, I was only like six years old visiting my grandfather. He has me here at the time. I didn't know he was like this big occultist. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And he was just like, oh, um, I don't really like when people call you Gio. And I was just like, why? He was like, Giovanni's good. And he was just like, if you add up all the letters in your name, like full name, uh, middle name, and last name. Which we won't say here on the air. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he was just like, if you just add it all up, it's nine. And nine's the, the magical equivalence of perfection. Mm. And that's the magical number. That's why you're going to do so many great things. And I was just like, I never really So it's like the power anything. in the name, right? It's so. power in the name. But essentially, numbers plays a key role because how they have it essentially in... I don't know. I don't know. I'm very good at math, but I don't even want... How they have it essentially. So you'll have... I have a long... You'll have in numerology. Um, this can tie into astrology as well. But you'll say, for example... Um, in 1991 or this certain year, uh, if you calculate accordingly, it matches with uh, this one prophecy. And yes. if you match it with another, it yeah. matches with this. And we, see, so we used to see boom. that a lot, like in like the History Channel. Yep. They'll do like um, this plus this equals that, like within the text. Mm -hmm. It would do this plus this equals that, which if you turn to the book of whatever and then and then read the verse and then the verse says, and you're like, yo, that's crazy. Because then there's some like mm -hmm. some things you'd be like, dang, like that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty good, my man. And all shout outs to uh, Chuck Misler. Chuck Misler does some of this. Chuck. Um, uh, he'll do the book of Daniel. I remember watching four hours worth of the breakdown of the book of Daniel and he was using like Nebuchadnezzar and uh, he was just like, with this dates, if you look at that and the numbers that he used and I was just like, you go to Revelations and I was just like, this is a lot. Like I need a calculator because this is a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be sitting here with a notebook writing down these numbers but he's like, if you actually look into the text, this is something that people talked about in the Kabbalah but he's just like, you just have to be very careful when you do that because mm -hmm you're saying that then you yourself know time above God. Yes. Which is a very dangerous thing to yeah. do because then you're playing as God. But how many times have we seen Jehovah Witnesses calculate when the end of times are going to be? Like, you know, Jesus coming back on September 1st, 2017, and then it's 21st comes and it's like, well, we made a mistake. We made a mathematical error. Yep. Uh, it actually is going to be 2020, and then 2020 comes around. <laughs> and know? they've been doing this since 1912. <laughs> yeah. The first time Jesus was supposed to come back. Exactly. But the crazy thing that I've always seen is that they'll always throw it like they'll always throw out these numbers, but yet you're always trying to like figure out exactly where those numbers are stemming from. Right. 
which is always something that always gets me because they'll always be like in 2021 this is going to be when the antichrist will show up or something and in 2021 it happens and you're just like where's the antichrist mm-hmm. on which calendar lunar solar yep yeah right you know so they mess up they're like yeah you know what i'm saying it's it was the other calendar that we were talking about we met you know we messed up it was <laughs> yep. but i mean i it's like you were talking about in the beginning i'm seeing that a lot uh more frequently especially with uh the churches churches nowadays they're using a lot of numerology to describe certain things so they'll say like and oh uh 2009 uh, obama was elected that's the beginning of the end or yeah. something like that yeah it, it would it you know uh when i when i uh you know w- would visit or go to a church that had that um it was very disturbing you know at the time i didn't think about it too much and then as i grew in the word it started to bother me a lot more like every year it was like you know we would go to 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 the new year's uh, eve service and it would be like you know yes you know it's great service and then and then the uh, a bunch of people preaching and then at the when it when it's about time to become the next year they would say you know something like for example you know 2019 is the year of the the victory or jubilee or yeah or yeah. something right because in the 19 number 19 in judaism actually mean but and they just start breaking this number down and what it looks like and all this stuff and i'm just sitting there like I, I, before when i started uh, in my faith, I didn't understand that, right? So it, it for me, I would just take it away, be like, "Oh man, it's a year of victory, yo! This is what's up," you know. It's always positive. It's never, yeah, it's <laughs> never like this is the year that we're going to get <laughs> persecuted. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're done, we're done, you know. Um, it was always like you know something like that, and 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 it was very strange. And and as I kept growing in my faith, and I started to see that, and I started to see the 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 merging of the numerology and. And and it, it just became very disturbing, you know, just just trying to interpret and find definitions for things in the text that weren't in the text saying Jesus said this. And but really what he meant was this because and then just start giving some external yeah. uh, interpretations for it. Um, I remember experiencing that with the Hebrew Israelites. Um, you know, walking through downtown and talking to, to the Hebrew Israelites and, um, you know, trying to combat a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, they were ready. I was, you know, I just kind of like, you know, it was kind of like what I just did with John. You know, we're going to talk about the Kabbalah. And he's like, yo, the Kabbalah, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to we're going to take it. But um, but I just kind of did the same thing. I was walking by. I was like, boom, he's Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites. Let's go. I don't know nothing about Hebrew Israelites, but let's make it happen. And I just like went at it from a biblical standpoint. And I and I was pointing out the different uh, flaws in the system strictly on the biblical. I didn't have to understand them, but I understood the 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 fake bill, you know, the fake mm-hmm. money, you know. When uh, I've said it before, in working in banking, and uh, and Tony Evans had given a, a, a an example of it, and me working in banking at the time, I was like, oh, that just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. That when we learned about fake money, we didn't learn about fake money by studying fake money. We learned about fake money by understanding the real money so that when it came time to identify fake money, yo, it was like nothing. Mm-hmm. I would be able to count a stack of bills and just boom, 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 boom. And next thing I would feel the fake money and I could literally take the fake money and put it aside as I'm counting in the middle of the count because it was just so evident that that money was fake. Mm-hmm. And then I would go back 
I would hold it up. I would do the test of a real. What is the real versus the fake? And you would put them up. The real versus the fake, it was easy all day long. This was fake. It was crazy. Like I was able to do that. Same thing with this situation with the Hebrew Israelites. And as they're going along, they're hitting you off with this these interpretations of the scripture that are not there. They're giving you external interpretations. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, sure, they're giving you definitions and all that. But then they're starting to impute ideas that are not biblical founded ideas. And then suddenly now it's becoming a, 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 a genealogy war, mm. right? Where we have to stem back of your genealogy. Are you part of this tribe or this tribe? Like, what does that matter? Scripture says this about that. There is no more Jew nor Gentile, no man. No, like, like we are all under Christ. Like we, there's no classifications. There's no division. Like we are under Jesus, the banner of Christ. And that alone severs that thought. But, you know, uh, I say that because, you know, you have so many systems that are doing that. And when you get into a place that is that is a Christian church that you can say this is a Christian church. And then the the speaker or the pastor, whoever is on the pulpit, starts to implement that numerology. Oh, man, that kills me Mm -hmm. or starts to implement like these hidden meanings. For me, that. That's alarming in that, you know, at this point in my life, I I walk out. And I'm not suggesting you do that necessarily, right? Maybe wrestle with the church and find out why they gave those interpretations and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, the, you can blame ignorance on it. You could blame, you know, influence of – because that's, that's a cultural influence. Yep. Madonna, right? We talk about Madonna, but that is the representative. That is a celebrity that has influenced culture. What would you um, say the overall goal of a Kabbalist is? I mean, they don't really necessarily have goals. It's just a uh, level of enlightenment to right? reach a level of enlightenment. Uh, but there isn't like uh, I've, I'm finished. I've at- obtained it. It's never really. I mean, I've yet to experience someone saying, oh, I've obtained the ultimate level of the Kabbalah. So it's possible to go back and down these elements like uh, or of the 10 right yep that's why you have the 32 paths so you can interconnect so um, it's just like a web that you're just continually going up and down yep but it's good you mentioned that though i was actually going to bring that point up where uh you study the real for so long that you can determine what is fake some of the things that the kabbalah teaches uh first of all is teaches that emanations from god did the work of creation denying that creation was a creative act directly from god so you'll have god created um time god created space Mm -hmm. god created light Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it stems down all the way down to where god created um angels so this stems from all the pantheistic view where everything is its own God. Mm. So you have light as being its own God. You have this being its own God. So then you'll have back to the root of the Kabbalah, which is you're trying to reach this last stage of understanding and meaning that you've ascended. So now you yourself are a lesser God. Godhood, right. And that's something to be extremely dangerous about. Scripture does speak directly that we should follow Christ. Mm-hmm. I would like to meet somebody that says, you know, has reached that level of enlightenment and just kind of look at their life and kind of see if they even lie once, you know yeah. what I mean? Or you've like the current godhood, state of their life, right? Yeah. But yeah, you're still cursing at somebody at McDonald's. 
Yeah. You know that I want to see something like that. Like I haven't met anybody. Yeah. Well, I've seen like funny videos on you know yeah. what I'm saying YouTube, whatever. Somebody who um, uh, like martial arts. Yeah, it always goes back to martial arts. Like some guy's like a deity, and everybody worships the guy as a deity. And he's doing like all these like martial arts moves, and the guy falls back ten oh, feet. Yeah. You know, because he's the deity, and people like they actually mm-hmm. believe that. Mm-hmm. And then here comes along some dude who knows like you know kickboxing. a few years of kickboxing. <laughs> he goes in, he hits this dude with a kick, and it's over. Yeah. Um, and the guy that's uh, the the so-called deity, the deity can, yeah. is in shock. Yeah, he's like I'm bleeding. He's in shock that he's he can like <laughs> phantom punch you. <laughs> he's like I'm bleeding. Like yeah, the gods yeah. bleed. Yeah, you bleed, my man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, but, you know, I think I think the theme behind this is um, uh, understanding that a lot of these ideas, these these ideas all are interconnected with the occult. All of these things, you know, we, we, we just mentioned a few moments ago, you know, Alistair Crowley, we, you know, um, and, and, and that system. But it's all, you know, Satanism. It's all, you know, mysticism and a new age. It's all magic. It's all it's all the same because it's trying to produce the counterfeit of what is the actual. You true can God. easily get lost in, in a system like this because there is no end. It sounds gr- You know, it sounds and amazing. It, I right? mean, who dece- who determines that you have achieved that godhood state? Mm-hmm. Who who what is the like who do you say okay I've mastered like a a monk or something in in Tibet or whatever I've mastered the ability to not desire um, food for thirty days mm-hmm. now I'm master over my mm-hmm. stomach like you know what I mean yeah like I take it to that level but like who determines it that's funny you say that uh, exactly how you said it because. Um, that's part of the Kabbalah teaching that you are the master of your own mm-hmm. destiny. So if you're going to achieve godhood, you kind of have to fit. You kind of have to mm-hmm. feel it and figure it out. And um, like in like in Jehovah Witness um, uh, system, it's um, it's well, how do you know you're of the elect? Right. How do you mm-hmm. know you're among the hundred and forty four thousand that are going to make it into paradise or, you know, to be with God? And it's like, well, I, it's, a, it's a feeling that I have. It's this thing that I have. I just, mm-hmm. and then, you know, not everybody partakes in the, in the uh, sacraments, right? the, 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 bl- the, the body and blood or whatever they call it. Um, uh, it it's only those that, you know, they kind of feel that they, that's what their call is. And other people will sit because they haven't felt that. They, they might not be part of the 144,000. Like, it's just the strangest thing. But it kind of goes back to the same thing, mm-hmm. right? You're the master of your own destiny. So, I am the st- I figure out I'm the standard and and I figure out if I've done well enough and um, it's almost like self-deception what, at a point like yeah. I've achieved like that martial artist that has achieved right this certain phantom punch but the moment <laughs> he gets kicked in the face <laughs> his he's in disbelief but naturally he's self de- he self-deceived yeah, yeah. himself which he should be in disbelief because mm-hmm. he deceived yeah. him himself yeah and scripture is very clear on that mm-hmm. you know the heart is deceitful above all things so don't trust your own heart um uh, i believe the kabbalah within the kabbalah teaching reincarnation is accepted and it's yep. promoted right mm-hmm. um and and even in that understanding the reincarnation, I reincarnated back to. Well, what is the standard to know whether I'm going to come back as what I want to? Right. So it's always you figuring out what the standard is. It's always you trying to um, uh, uh, Mormonism. Right. Mormonism. It's like, um, you know, how do I know I have the Holy Spirit in me? Well, it's the warming of the bosom. 
you know, that you know you have the Holy Spirit. So like, go away and just like ask God and like you, you feel it. So it's relative based on based on what you feel, what you've it's always you. It's always centered around you, what you do, what you do in Christianity. It's about Jesus. It's about what he did. It's about his accomplishments. It's about the promises he gave. Mm -hmm. Do I have the Holy Spirit? Well, do you believe in Christ? Yes. Well, Jesus said, if you believe him, the spirit, will be, you know, like th this is what happened. There's definitives, right? Do, am I good enough? No. Why? Because the standard is God. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't mean exactly. How do I get Jesus? Like there's specifics. There's definitives in life Definitive. that are all placed on God. Mm -hmm. It's God who created. It's God who created the standard. It's God who judges. It's God who provided the way for us to have a relationship with him because we put our when we rely on ourselves we created the 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 chasm we created the 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 state in which we are enemies of god we put ourselves in that position well even in kabbalah based on what i was um doing research um they the the guy who was speaking was basically uh went he's like the first kabbalah uh person to to a kabbalahist is that how you would say it kabbalahist i guess you can't say it, i yeah. guess yeah kabbalahist we'll go with that yeah if you're uh, the practicing the, Begala, uh, the, yeah. the kabbalah my bad <laughs> yeah um would be adam and he was describing yeah, that that's it right. would yeah, be yeah. adam was the first kabbalahist that that adam like you were mentioning with um every single word of god like uh, the creation and things like that mm -hmm. and so the he says that there was uh adam was able to see the different dimensions and all everything mm -hmm. clear until the fall so kabbalah is like a way of it's trying uh, to get trying back to, to that get place back right. but without jesus basically exactly <laughs> yeah. it's you you're exercising you're trying to get to that place you're trying to get to that place and sure we don't uh eliminate the fact that there is effort on our part to to achieve right something oh, yeah. so we see that in scripture where where paul says i have not obtained perfection right but he's working at it constantly but mm -hmm. but there's he has the understanding that holiness comes from god he is whole he you can he can be confident that he is um he is holy or he is made pure because of christ alone looking at my life the good i want to do i don't do the bad i don't want to do i end up doing the um you know uh even the elect will be deceived you know and, and so many warnings over and over again to say um in and i have here in um in colossians 2 8 where it says don't let anyone cap captivate you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than christ mm. that's the kabbalah here's this spiritual metaphysical thing that's going to get you to tap into that 99 percent of the of of what exists jesus he's he was a, he was also practicing kabbalah so let's let's uh let's go this route because this mm. route is better for you you're going to be smart you're going to be smarter than jesus um very easily we can be captivated by that and be led astray um and so you know i think to to wrap this up the the re the real the reality is god is is ultimate reality mm -hmm. there is no other god besides him and um you know even examples given in scripture where um you know it's like well yeah all those things made of wood and all that they're dead 
You know, they're made of wood. They're dead. It's mm-hmm. I am the only true God. Like all this other stuff, you shrug, you shrug your shoulders at because they're not real. Don't be scared. Don't be intimidated by those things. They're they're man-made statues. They're man-made. What what are you scared of them for? They're not really gods. You can call them God if you want. And you guys can bow down to them if you want because some old guy back in the 1700s made it. And he's saying this is it or wrote this document and said this is it. You can believe that. But there's one true God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, be careful out there. You know, be careful. A lot of this philosophy is going around. Um, Kabbalah is is a huge influence in the music industry. And the reason why I uh, I kept mentioning Madonna was because of uh, she's among one of the most influential um, uh, musicians of all time. And through her music and through her practice and the example she gave, has led to a lot of the cultural norms that we see today in the norm normality of sexual um, um, uh, I- immorality as far as uh, how it's displayed live on television, how it's displayed live in concert. Like, she was somebody who was so influential in making that a norm. Like, she was very intent on making sure that the repetition of her influence was seen and felt worldwide and it's not just her it's like a lot of celebrities yeah 100 percent. one modern one now that recently is somewhat dabbling into it is um ariana grande and she's like the the next big thing or yeah. something yeah i mean that yeah lady gaga you know with the with all the spirituality stuff and uh you know britney spears or whatever like but we're talking about like mega mega numbers and mega influence and madonna being that kabbalah you know kind of going back to that 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 such a huge promoter of kabbalah and we see that the influence in what she produced was um, to create a norm, a, a, a normalcy is, I guess, how you say it, um, of of uh, being of a lifestyle in contrast to um, to the biblical worldview, like, like breaking, like rules, very intent, very intentional on the sexual part of it, the sexual, the you know, the all kind of sexual immorality intentional. And one of the things I think you and I were talking about was the the need for the I don't know if you and I were talking about it, but the need for um, from a Satanistic standpoint for there to be a norm in terms of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And Alistair Crowley, going back to, 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 mm-hmm. to the, that dude, um, he would surround himself with that as a norm sexual mm-hmm. promiscuity uh immorality uh you know uh, practicing homosexuality all those things but he would surround himself with that whether it was pictures or any kind of yeah. Im- continually because it needed to feed into the spiritual realm that he was trying to tap into mm-hmm. and so by having that as a norm on television and movies in music it is gravitating us into that spiritual norm that all these all this thing that we were talking about right all these systems or whatever that's what is trying to gravitate us towards and everything is putting us in a direction to be in to tap into a satanic evil realm where what god created as good is now tainted and impure yeah. on purpose. You know what's funny is that this is what I uh, just to piggyback off of yeah. what you're just saying. Um, I don't know how much time we have left, but yeah, it's we, only going to be like right, two yeah, minutes. Yeah, two yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um, 
like what you were saying about uh you know Aleister Crowley or whatever yeah um they had to be continual so in the bible Jesus is describing like the spiritual enlightenment is to shed off all like purity mm-hmm. purity gets you towards god like one of the beatitudes was mm. um those that have a pure heart see god right so by sh- in christianity shedding of yourself meaning i shed all these things that are carnal so that i can achieve enlightenment and not even enlightenment so that i could just be with god and that veil is thinned out mm-hmm. so that i can feel his presence right right on the other side it's interesting to me that mm-hmm. the magician Alester decides to mm-hmm. um, bombard himself with carnal that ties him to this physical plane. Mm. So every time you're you're doing you know all these th- what we consider sins or whatever, it's tying you to this physical plane. Right. But then has to do magical things to get to that other plane. So, so it's to kind remove of the funny, veil on the other side, right? But, it, but it's almost right. like a way to to there's no other way to achieve the enlightenment because you're always debasing yourself and and now mm. you have to go the magic route 100 percent. but mm-hmm. i mean to them um they call it sex magic so when you have sex and you're reaching that point of uh the orgasm mm-hmm. um you reach into that mind state of being like a doped out mind state so you've reached already so instead of just using drugs, you've accumulated this magical tension between two people or between a group of people. So you have a combined sense. So you're doing this incantations or stuff, and you're calling these beings. So once you reach that specific point, when you reach that uh, the last drive of the sexual drive, you've already now ascended to that magical realm. Mm. That's how they see. You know, it. and so I don't sex magic, and I don't. And I don't see any, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing a radical increase in child pornography. Really? Because it wasn't that one of the one of the things mm-hmm. for for Alistair Crowley was was that the child, because of its purity, it's I, a battery uh, really for magic. That, that, that's like becoming worse. Because it's always existed. It, it's always existed, it's, but it's now, but now it's public. becoming cu- public, really? right? So this, re- but this is this is what I mean. Not, not that it didn't exist, but that, and thanks, thanks for for even challenging that because, not that it didn't exist before, but now the awareness of it is so much. Mm. But just the awareness of it is going to get people thinking. Think about that. Like the purity of thing of not even it not even being a thought, for some people, mm. now. It's a thought, hmm. the wonderment, right? That now it's like, whoa, like that happens. Oh, that's disgusting. But then maybe some people will gravitate to the, well, hmm, I wonder why. Or you know what I'm saying? Like just crazy stuff. I rebuke that. Like that's crazy. But it, isn't that isn't that something that Alistair Crowley w- was uh, was teaching? Like this this battery of that's whatever. So, that's so. It, like, it's that's a whole, another podcast. Yeah, we're going into a different <laughs> yeah. tangent. But I go back to the whole. The sexual thing, the sexual um, uh, normalcy of the impurity and the levels of it, even to the degree of the innocence of a child, would be tapped into because of the magic and the need to to tap into the other side. Like, it's just the craziest thought in the world, but it's real. It's real. And that's what we're dealing with. So... 
Um, so stay in your word, guys. You know, don't get swept up in in you know all these thoughts and influenced by celebrities or you know don't even take our word for it do your research get in your word um the word itself uh, i believe it was paul that he congratulated um thessalonica i believe on being people that were studied that they would study the word that they were in the word that they would challenge that they would see mm -hmm. and he and it, it was an admonishment do it study even moses would, would it, learn your history go study understand what these things are because you're going to come back to the conclusion that it is christ and his christ alone um so uh so you know be encouraged get in your word um get into a bible-based church and if you have questions hit us up uh yep. proofbeyondreasongmail.com facebook send us a dm uh that's all i got <laughs> cool so uh so we're out it's mike the baptist geology jmo <laughs>